In episode number 42 of the Better With Brock podcast, I'm going to unravel the fat loss strategies that I personally use when I'm trying to lose weight. At the moment, I'm currently participating in the Built by Brock eight-week challenge, which is one of the programs that I provide, and I'm three weeks in. This is my third week, and I'm not just going to share what a calorie deficit is and what a high-protein diet is. That stuff you can find on previous podcasts. In this stuff, I'm going to actually share with you stuff that I do day to day to make dieting easier for me so that I can sustainably lose fat whilst maintaining my muscle mass. Let's dive into it. We are currently in the third week of the Built by Brock eight-week challenge, which is called Eight Years and Eight Weeks. And I have chosen to do a fat loss phase, a shred a cut, whatever you want to call it. And I want to share the intricacies of the things that I do. And this isn't going to be explaining what a calorie deficit is. As I said, it's not going to be explaining what a high protein diet is and uh, explaining the fundamental things that I harp on about on my Instagram and social media channels. I'm going to actually share practical things that I do on a uh, day-to-day basis so that you can incorporate them if you want to as well. The first tip that I do is push breakfast back later into the morning. I wake up at around 5 or 6 a.m. every single morning. And that means that I am up earlier, so I get hungrier earlier. And if I have breakfast at you know, half an hour after waking up. So it might be 5.30, it could be 6, even 6.30. Then that means that I've started consuming calories at a very early time of the day. And that just gives me more time to be hungry and consume more calories. So as a way to protect myself from overeating, because if I don't stick to my calorie deficit, let's go back to the nutritional priorities. If I don't stick to my calorie deficit, then I'm not going to lose body fat. I'm just going to maybe maintain my weight, which can be fine. But if you're trying to lose fat, that is failing. Let's be clear. So if I start eating early, which I have no problem doing if I'm maintaining my weight or even in a build in a calorie surplus, I love starting my day early because I'm starving after sleeping, you know, however many hours I sleep. But in fat loss, um, I just push it back. This, this is not intermittent fasting. I want to be clear with that. I'm not making a eating window of eight hours or six hours or four hours to try and stick to a intermittent fasting schedule. All I'm doing is literally pushing my hunger back, having a bit of discipline, having a bit of uh, grit because I'm I'm starving in the morning. So I get busy. I work. If my daughter wakes up and then I look after her for an hour or so, then I look after her and I'm engaged. So I find that a lot easier to stop myself from eating when I'm engaged. So I'm not telling you to go and have a kid just to make sure that you're engaged in the morning. I'm saying if you engage yourself, it's a lot easier to to stop thinking of eating cereal eating a smoothie, sorry, drinking a smoothie, you know, eating eggs on toast, whatever you want to have. It's a lot easier when you're engaged. Uh, As a self-employed person, I find it easy to find things to do. If you struggle with finding things to do, then find a hobby, find something to do, read, watch a video, learn a new skill. I just think that being engaged is, 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 is the way forward. 
a lot of people overeat in general. This is not just for fat loss, but people overeat when they are bored. It's just something that we gravitate towards because that is instant comfort. If we eat and it tastes good, it's like, oh, that feels nice. But uh, if you eat and you do like if you're engaged and you're working on something or you're focused or you're in flow state doing anything, maybe you like to read fiction, this stuff can really take your mind off eating. And I'm not telling you to starve yourself as well. So I'm, you know, there is a balance. If you're super hungry, like eat. But one of the things that I do is I have coffee in the mornings. So I have that before my meal. So when I wake up, 30 to 60 minutes after I wake up, I'll have a black coffee. And caffeine has an appetite suppressant effect. So that can also help you push breakfast back. I always have coffee regardless. But sometimes when I'm in a building phase and I'm, I'm in a calorie surplus, I might have my coffee after my breakfast because I want to eat as many calories as I can. So you have to, have to understand with my calories, they're very high. So my maintenance is around about 3,500 calories. So if I'm in a calorie surplus and I'm trying to build, I'm eating around 3,800 to 4,000 calories per day. And that's quite tricky to get through. So I like to eat as early as possible and I like to have a smoothie and I jam pack it with calories so it's about 1,200 calories. And I have that and I don't wanna have coffee before that because that's going to make me not hungry and push my breakfast back, which is good for fat loss but not so good for a calorie surplus. So I'm just explaining this so you can see why I'm doing things and maybe you can incorporate it as well. I find that the coffee is better for me after about 30 to 60 minutes of being awake. I did used to just have it straight away and realize that I, it just kind of made made things worse in about an hour, in about 90 minutes, I just felt, uh, I felt like I wanted to go back to sleep. I felt like I needed to crash. If I push it back 30 to 60 minutes, for some reason, it just feels like this nice slow energy release that I pick up and go with throughout the morning. So that's what I do. I've pushed my breakfast back from about 6.30, 6 o'clock, 5.30 to around 8 30, 9, 9 even sometimes 10. Uh, it just really depends on what my day looks like. Sometimes I have to have breakfast at home and then come into come into the Team Brock Ashby body quarters and start work and you know record or you know train clients or whatever I have to do. So that's the first thing that I wanted to get out of the way because how you start your day is very crucial with fat loss. If you start the day and you're already like 500 calories in or 800 calories in um, and it's only 7 a.m., Man, if you're on a lot lower calories than me, then you're going to like, you might only have a thousand calories left for the day and you have to endure another 14 hours of being awake. So then it's like, oh man, how do I figure this out? Like I'm going to have to really push myself during this time and not eat here and it's going to require more grit and resilience. And sometimes during the day you are out and about and there's convenient foods everywhere and you'll just take it. But if you can push those calories back, like nine, nine thirty, ten, 10, if you can handle it, that can often help you bunch your calories later on. So then when you get to dinner time or when you get to lunch time or whatever time you start eating, you might have a bigger calorie allowance left. That's my first tip. Something that I'll put on the back of that that isn't something I was actually necessarily going to talk about is what I like to do just because it helps me sleep better 
is have a very big dinner. So even when I'm in fat loss, and by very big, that doesn't necessarily mean calories, but it can mean just like very big, like a big volume of food because it gives me this, uh, it's, it's actually called postprandial somnolence, which is a technical word for having a food coma after you eat. But after you eat a lot of calories or a, a, a big volume of food, especially, you know, you want to have that fiber nice and high whilst you're dieting, it can give you this kind of like lull, like, oh, like oh, sleepy, like you finish eating and you just kind of like sit back on the couch. You're like, oh man, I like that feeling at night. It helps me sleep better. Some people don't sleep well with a full stomach. It causes them, you know, um, discomfort, but I'm not one of those people. So that's another thing that I like to do as well. I like to sleep on a big meal because it kind of sustains me throughout the night. If I don't, I wake up throughout the middle of the night and I'm hungry. And that is not a good situation to wake up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. starving because you're not, at 2 or 3 a.m., if you wake up starving, you don't feel like a carrot. You don't feel like an apple. You don't feel like, you know, a, a, a spoonful of Greek yogurt. You feel like the Ben and Jerry's that's in the freezer. So that's just a practical thing that you need to kind of watch out for. The second thing, um, I remove any snacking. I'm not really a huge snacker, to be honest, because I prefer to have that that kind of like f- feeling where you're like oh, full, like even for breakfast and lunch. But for dinner, I like to like hype it up, like have like a big hit of carbohydrates at night and be like, "Ooh, I'm ready for bed. But even with breakfast and lunch, I like to have a satisfying meal. I'm not a grazer. I like to just like have a big hit. But I feel like snacking is one of those things that people do in the workplace. People do it at home. Once again, when they, it's usually when you're bored or you just have a lot of snack food in the house, biscuits, crackers, you know, it can be healthy as well. It can be fruit. It can be beef jerky, all that stuff. But I think that most people would stick to their calories better if they stuck to meals. And that doesn't mean you only have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It could mean that you have, you know, four to five meals. But I feel like when you snack in between, you don't really register it. You're kind of like doing things while you're snacking, you're on the go. And it's very easy for you not to compute those calories and just eat your normal meals, which are supplemented with the snacks. If you take those snacks out, it's a very easy way to reduce your calories. So that's a very low hanging fruit thing. And the way that you could reduce snacking, because sometimes people snack because they they have finished their first meal and it's maybe an hour or two after and they're still hungry. Or maybe it's instantly, they're still hungry just after their meal. The thing that we can look at is bringing up your fiber. Fiber is something that helps you feel satiated. It helps increase your satiety. It doesn't necessarily have to increase your calories, but you have to be cautious of what foods you're consuming. Foods that are high in fiber are often the foods that we should be eating more of that we don't. Your fruits and vegetables, they're very high in fiber. If you have an apple, if you have a carrot, if you have lettuce, if you have spinach, if you have kale, these foods are high in fiber. And what fiber does is, is it just helps us feel full because we're getting, um, you know, it's, it's, it's processing slower through the stomach. So if you are feeling hungry and you feel like you need to snack, 
I would check your fiber. A good rule of thumb for fiber is around 15 grams per 1,000 calories that you consume. So for me, my current calorie deficit calories are 3,300. That's a lot, right? So 3,000 calories, I could have 45 grams of fiber to help me feel full. Because even on 3,300 calories, you might say, Brock, that's, that, like, that's a ridiculous amount of calories. How can you even eat that? And you're still losing weight? I know, but I just have a high metabolism. I have a high level of physical activity. However, you know, I walk a lot. I train a lot. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, so I move around a lot. Um, so I still get hungry on that. So I do still need to watch my fiber. And when that is high, I find that I'm not ravenous. I'm not looking around for things to eat at nighttime. Often it's after dinner for me. I'll look around for things. So this comes on to, you know, my third point, which is I increase my, veg my, my vegetable and my fruit intake because that just brings up my fiber. So I feel more full. And when I feel more full, not only do you reduce things like snacking, but you reduce your overall amount of calories. And if you're feeling more satiated, then you're going to probably train harder. You're probably, because you feel more full, you're probably going to go for that walk instead of catching an Uber. Uh, you might, you know, cycle down to the grocery store, get it, put it in your backpack and come home as opposed to driving down. So these are the, the, uh, these are the intricacies of fat loss that aren't necessarily like create a calorie deficit, you know, like, okay, we get that. Yes, that's a very basic principle that everyone's starting to understand now. But what about day-to-day -day life? What does that look like? And when you uh, like buy more fruits and vegetables as opposed to uh, muesli bars, biscuits, Tim Tams, bread rolls, things like that, you become more full. And when you are more full, you train harder, uh, you, you, um, you, know, you snack less, you potentially consume less calories, you your chances of being uh, more physically active, not just in your workouts, but walking back and forth, playing with your kid maybe, uh, going for a walk with a friend instead of sitting down and watching a TV series. Those things are going to become more likely because you are feeling fueled. Okay, and that's why there's a big difference between eating 2,000 calories of McDonald's versus 2000 calories of low processed fruits and vegetables and very lean cuts of meat, let's say, because of things like fiber, right? So if you eat McDonald's, it's not necessarily the most fibrous foods that you're consuming, but if you're consuming fruits and vegetables, lean cuts of meat, you know, maybe you're eating dairy as well, in this place, you're going to feel different. So yes, Fat loss is this energy in versus energy out. I consume 2,000 calories. I burn 2,500 calories. There's a 500 calorie deficit. I am going to lose weight. Okay, yes. Tick the box. That's the basic fundamental understanding. But not all calories are created equal. In terms of energy, they are. But in terms of fiber and in terms of how your body processes those calories, that is a completely different story. So, Back in 2019, I did this ice cream challenge, 30-day ice cream challenge, where I had 900 calories of ice cream every single day. And I still lost weight. I lost over five kilos in 30 days. Now, to be very honest, that was hard because 900 of my calories, which is almost around a third of my calories at that time, were coming from ice cream. There's no fiber in ice cream. It's sugar. It makes you want to eat more. It's full of fat. And even though it was tasty, 
and 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 the diet was awesome and it didn't feel like i was dieting there were periods of time where i was super hungry and if i spread those 900 calories over fruits vegetables meat yogurt you know better decisions nutritious foods over delicious foods if i contributed those 900 calories to more satiating foods that ice cream diet i still would have received or that ice cream challenge i still would have received the same results but i would have felt a lot better i would have been able to lift more weights i would have been able to have more energy throughout the day to be more physically active maybe instead of 5.8 kilos that i lost i think it was or 5.2 whatever it is i may have lost 6.3 if i felt better throughout the entire time maybe my work would have been more productive you never know but that's why if you fall back on the principle of remaining satiated whilst you're in a fat loss phase, you can potentially get better results. So that's something I would definitely look at for yourself. The fourth thing that I do is I intentionally walk more when I'm trying to pursue fat loss. So I can bike from my house to the Team Brock Ashby Body Quarters and it'll take me about 20 minutes. I can drive and depending on traffic, it can take me 10 minutes or it can take me all the way up to 15. But if I cycle, I'm being much more physically active. I'm burning more calories. So look, I look to be very honest, I haven't done that in the first three weeks. Um, that was just an, an option that I have that I'll probably start implementing soon because it's getting warmer. Obviously cycling is limited in terms of weather. Uh, I'm not a fan of cycling in the rain. So I will wait till it gets warmer and then I will start, you know, like if I add that in later on in the diet, then I can still kick my fat loss on and I can kind of keep revving it up if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I intentionally walk more. I have a natural tendency to move quite a lot anyway, but I will go for walks with my wife. I will, you know, try and catch up with a friend. Maybe we'll work out. We'll come to the Team Brock Ashby Body Quarters and we'll work out or... Um, you know, I try to find excuses to to be active with friends or social environments, uh, go to the beach, go to the park, as opposed to sitting down at a cafe or just meeting at, at, at someone's house and just chilling. Look, I'm not going to say no to someone or try and bail on it if there's no option to be active. Obviously, I will try my best. But I like, look, I think, I think... Everyone in the world can benefit from moving a bit more, right? So if we can find excuses to do that, then that's awesome. And most people really enjoy it. Most people love going to parks. They love going to beaches. They love getting out and about, but they just don't do it enough. You know, our lives have become so sedentary. Our lives have become so, what's the word? Placid. So just like stationary. We need to get ourselves out of it. Things like if you're on a phone call, get up and walk, pace the room while you're on that phone call. It actually helps for me to think as I walk. If I sit down on a phone, especially if I'm lying down on my phone, you can hear it in my voice. I sound lethargic. I sound lazy because that's the kind of physical posture that your body's in. But if you get up and walk, you're more energetic. You're probably going to think of better ideas. That's just bro science. That's not any science at all, but that's just what I experience. With rest periods, I get very, very intentional with them when I'm push, uh, pursuing fat loss. So rest periods, many of my clients will know my stance on this. I want you walking. I want you walking. If you're getting 4,000 steps a day, it's not really good enough. We need to bump that up. So if you're working out in the gym, 
and you do your sets of incline dumbbell chest press as you're resting for that next set, pace the gym. Pace the gym. You might just be going backwards and forwards. You might just go in two steps forwards, two steps back. Two steps forward, two steps back. Just to get those steps kicking over. When I was back in the gym, uh, 2016 to 2019 here in Sydney, um, a lot of them were corporate. Uh, they sat behind offices. Uh, sorry, sat behind desks in offices. They had meetings back and forward. So every rest period, we would walk. So I would be that personal trainer, we'd do our bench press, we'd do our squats, our deadlifts, whatever we were doing, our leg press. And then in our rest, we would go for a walk. We'd go for a walk to the water fountain, that'd get a quick drink, then we'd come back. Or we'd go for a walk, we'd just like touch an end of the gym and then come back. It was just an excuse to move. But that could add an extra 2,000 steps to their day. So they could go from 4,000 to 6,000, which doesn't sound like much, but over the week, You've added 2,000 a day, that's 14,000 steps. That is significant. So these little things that you do on the daily, these intricate things that you can do and that I'm sharing with you today in your fat loss journey, they do add up. So don't discourage uh, these little things that I'm sharing because you can do them and they start to pay dividends. It's about working smarter, not working harder. And if we work smarter and we do things like add 2,000 steps to our day, then we don't have to flog ourselves in a two-hour cardio session on a Sunday because we're potentially burning just as many calories just by adding in extra steps in our rest periods. Okay, so these little habits are things that pop up in my head and sometimes I'll, I'll just do it naturally. I'll just do it naturally because I've been aware of these little tricks and tips that I've created myself and that I've just learned along the way. So intentionally walking more is a massive one. It doesn't just have to be walking. Maybe it's swimming if you love swimming. Maybe it's cycling if you love cycling. Maybe it's rowing if you love rowing. But I feel like walking is like a low-hanging fruit. We do that every day. Maybe you can get off the bus stop a bit earlier. Mate, here's one thing that really grinds my gears. When you're on an escalator, especially if you have a trolley, get to the side if you're going to stop walking or else keep moving. It's like it's it's like humans are just looking for any excuse to not move. As soon as they step on an elevator that moves for them, they stop. And I'm thinking in my head, you can still walk when the escalator's moving. If you see elevators, take the stairs if possible. These little habits all add up. The fifth thing that I do one, two, three, four, five. Yes, this is the fifth thing is I intentionally uh, track my calories. So I I recommend this to everyone, my clients, obviously for people that are potentially recovering or coming out of eating disorders or really struggle with things such as this, maybe it's not for you. I'm not saying you have to do it. But for everyone else, tracking your calories is such a benefit. It's such a tool that you can use to raise awareness on the types of foods that you're consuming. I've tracked for ages and I do have periods where I don't track. I definitely track when I'm trying to lose fat because uh, that's when I really calculate things. I want to really hit my deficit so that I, I actually get it done. Okay, so let's come back to this principle of get in, get out. And this is why I track my calories. I'm in a calorie deficit, right? It's not fun. I don't want to be here. So I want to be in it. I want to get it done. And then I want to get out of this calorie deficit because this is not where you 
optimally build muscle. This is not where you optimally build strength. This is not where you optimally uh, uh, work at or live at. It's just to lose body fat. So you want to get in your calorie deficit and get the hell out of there. We should not be spending more time here than we need to. So I like to track my calories because then when we're cutting, and I say this to my clients, when you're cutting, we're cutting, okay? And that might come off as me being really serious. But it's better for me to be on your back for eight weeks, for 12 weeks, so that you get great results than me to just be chill and be like, oh, okay, you don't feel like tracking your calories? Okay, okay, that's cool. Oh, you didn't lose weight this week? Okay, that's fine. No, because then if you're just like being sloppy with your approach, your calorie deficit or your time that you think you're in a calorie deficit is just going to extend. So eight to 12 weeks of like hard work, tracking calories, being diligent is much more efficient than like kind of doing it for 16 weeks, for 20 weeks, for 24 weeks, because then you just drag it out and then you're dragging it out. So you're not getting results. And then you feel shit about the time that you're investing to try and achieve this. So you may as well do it. You may as well give it a hundred percent. If you're going to do it, do it right. What's that saying? Do it right. Do it once. Do it wrong. I don't know. Do it many times. I think it's just do it right. Do it once. Um, so that's the same thing with the calorie deficit. We show up, we stick to the calories, we stick to the macros and we just do it because we don't want to be here for long. And I think that's why people's lives start to deteriorate and people get stuck on these poverty calories where they're on 1600, 1500, 1400, 1300, 1200 for such a long time. And you know, their, their brain doesn't function very well. They're like weak in the gym. It's because they're like not tracking and they're just like sticking to these low calories and then like maybe binging and then sticking to it and then maybe binging or like not being aware of your calories. It's like all this, this big gray area. The more sloppy you are, the slower the results that you are going to see. That's why we want to be intentional and tracking your calories can help you be more calculated. You know how much protein you've had in a day and need to have. You know how much fat and carbs you need to have as well. So obviously a big part of that is getting it correct and making sure that you're tracking the right calories and macros. But once you have that, you want to be diligent with it. You don't want things to extend out longer than they have to extend because that's when fitness starts to feel really lame. And that's when your diet that you're sticking to feels like really unsustainable and you're like, oh man, I'm not even getting results. But it's, it's, it's because you're not tracking, most probably. When I, track, when I don't track my calories, I overeat more than I think. I'm like, oh, I'm at 3,000 calories, but I'm not. I'm at way more. Because the portions of peanut butter, the portions of mayonnaise, the portions of honey that I put in things are way bigger than I think that I'm having. I always give myself the benefit of the doubt. And most humans do. So track, weigh your food, weigh your meat, um, you know, watch your portion sizes, um, you know, reduce your snacking, all these types of things. But as long as you track everything and things are adding up to the numbers that you want, then you're going to see success. And it's better to see success by going full on they're not seeing success because you're chilling and you're relaxing. So really lock that in. Another thing that I do after dinner is I have a tea. I've been doing that ever since I started the challenge and that really kicks my sweet tooth cravings. As I said before, I've done an ice cream challenge before. I absolutely adore ice cream. I love it. I have it quite a lot. 
But whilst I'm doing this fat loss stint, I'm actually not eating it. And I could if I wanted to, hear me out. I could if I wanted to, I could make those calories work. But I'm choosing not to because I just want to have this like big savory dinner at the moment. That's what I feel like. Like I have a massive bowl of rice. I have like ground beef. I might have like a, a little portion of vegetables and I'll put it in a wrap. Tomato sauce, mayo, barbecue sauce. I love sauce. And I've actually really fell in love with this thing called powerkraut. So it's that's a play on words for sauerkraut. But this powerkraut, it's like amazing. I've been having that anyway. So I've been putting that in my wraps. So I do that and I have this big hit and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. If I have ice cream on top of that, I'm going to have to save like 1500 calories just for dinner, which is almost half of what I'm having um, in a day. So I'm just choosing not to have ice cream. And what I'm doing is having tea after dinner time. And that's really helping me just not really feel like anything. And I have different teas Um, I'm not necessarily trying to be like, I'm having a tea for this particular benefit. The only benefit that I'm looking for is I'm having this instead of ice cream. And tea has no calories in it. Ice cream has a lot, especially if you're eating a good ice cream like gelato. So tea is this thing that's kind of saving me at the moment. Another layer to that is what my wife and I uh, were doing. This was quite a while ago. I think it was when we were uh, getting ready for our wedding. We did a um, like mini, you know, shred. You want to look at your wedding photos and all that. We did like a fruit platter towards the end of the night. So <laughs> it wasn't really a platter. It was just like kiwi fruit, apples, bananas, oranges, like all cut up. And we would just eat that. And, you know, you could have two or 300 calories and you would feel absolutely stuffed. Where if you had, you know, two or 300 calories of ice cream, it's, you know, it's not going to be that much. So, That's a really wise thing. And then once again, coming back to the earlier point, fruit has a lot of fiber in it, so it helps you to feel full as well. And they uh, they are nutrient dense, uh, unlike ice cream, which is just full of like fat and sugar. There's dairy in it, there's cream and all that, but you know, it's not the best for you. There's better things in fruit than there is in ice cream. So if you're going to to have a fruit platter at nighttime, it's often going to be more uh, healthy for you. that that pretty much wraps up this podcast. I wanted to share with you the things that I do on a daily basis. This isn't stuff you're going to read in a research paper. This isn't stuff that you know you're potentially going to learn uh, in a personal training course or a nutrition course. These are just things that I find work for me that you could apply day to day. It's not very hard. The stuff that I'm doing, you know, I'm just an everyday person like you. The stuff that I'm doing can be easily applied for yourself. I do want to end this podcast on a motivational email that I wrote the other day just to close it out and give you a bit of motivation. You know, I, um, I have a email list that I write three emails a week for uh, Motivational Monday, Wisdom Wednesday, and then Facts Friday. So they all have slightly different themes. Obviously, on Friday, I provide facts for you. It's often backed by research from a paper. Wednesday, I try and impart a bit of wisdom. Monday, I try and get you going. It's the start of the week. But this is what I wrote on Monday, which was the 21st of August. Here we go. Motivation is something that fleets. It spikes when you lose weight. It drops when you gain weight. It increases when you have a great sleep. It decreases when you can't get your eight hours. 
And I'm going to be honest here, the last few weeks I have not been the most motivated person, but I have been a disciplined person. Staying up to midnight to do the necessary work, waking up at 5am to write programs, emails and edit videos, working out when sleep deprived and hungry. I'm currently cutting. Let me share something with you. Motivated people will last days and weeks. Disciplined people will last months and years. The bigger goal you are trying to achieve, the more time you will need to achieve it. Therefore, the disciplined person will always achieve much more than the motivated person. Which one are you? And if you want to receive these emails, you can hit the link, which will be in the description. There's no lock in. You can unsubscribe at any time. It's just literally to get you motivated, to get you uh, wiser and to give you some fitness facts to help you transform your body. That's all you have to do. Uh, that was episode number 42. I'll see you in the next episode. Uh, please, if you can, like it. Share this episode with people. That really helps me grow. And also, like, leaving reviews on whatever platform you are. There's obviously Spotify. There's um, Apple Podcasts. I also film this, so it's on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, what's up? If you're listening to it on Spotify and Apple and you like watching YouTube, like, I'm here. I'm filming myself. So <laughs> so you can kind of, like, I like to do that because I know that it supports the creator. Because YouTube views are ways to help get bigger guests on their podcast. So I'm... I'm obviously doing a lot of solo podcasts at the moment. I just haven't had time to reach out to people and get people on. So I'm just like sitting down and like imparting education that I have. But if you, uh, you know, want to see bigger guests on the podcast, subscribing to the YouTube channel really helps because that's like a measure that they look at. Like, oh, is it worth my time coming on your podcast? Oh, you have no subscribers? See you later. So if you can, please subscribe on YouTube. That really helps as well. Just search up the Better With Brock podcast. Other than that, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.